So good to be in the Lord's house today, and so good to see each of you that have come out to worship the Lord with us. And we have uh, some friends showed up today, uh, Jesse and Christy Harrison and their children. They've just recently moved to Etowah from Sweetwater. Uh, I've known Christy all of her life, I guess. But uh, we're glad that they've come to worship with us this morning. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Acts chapter 3. We are continuing on and preaching about Jesus building his church. He promised that he would do that. And here in the book of Acts, we're seeing it come to fruition. And we're still seeing it here at North Etowah and in other places around the world where Jesus is building his church. And it's a wonderful church. And we're glad that you're a part of it. If you're not a part of it, well, we consider that you'd do that today. Trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior and let him make you a part of his church. Would you stand with us out of reverence to the Bible? Acts chapter 3 beginning in verse 1. Now Peter and John went up to gather into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asking alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, Give I thee, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked, and entering in with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which happened unto them. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them into the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. Would you pray with me, please? Father, thank you so much for the privilege to be in your house today. Thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy that you have so abundantly bestowed upon us. Father, we thank you for this passage of Scripture that is before us today. And I pray that, Lord, that you would just give me clarity of thought and clarity of mind, Lord, that I may preach your word in a way that would be pleasing to you. Father, that you will be glorified and magnified. And we pray, Lord, if there's one in our midst today who, Lord, their life is broken that this will be the day that they'll come to you for help. And Lord, that you will help them. And Lord, as you restored this man to his health, Father, that you can restore them. Father, we praise you, O God, and we give you thanks for this privilege. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. Thank you and be seated, please. There are several things that we could point out in this passage of scripture today. And I'll try to, make it as brief as possible because it, it can get strung out. But this is the first miracle that is done in the church. 
The church had just began to bloom out and blossom. We saw last Sunday night where the Lord had added to his church 3,000 souls there in one day. That's quite a church growth, but Jesus is building his church. And let's pay attention to what we find in this passage of scripture today. I think there's some lessons that we can learn. The first lesson is that I want us to see that Jesus is now working through his disciples. Jesus had ascended back to heaven. And I suppose that many people thought, well, we'll never see any more of the works of Jesus. We'll never see anyone healed anymore. We'll never see anyone risen from the dead and those kind of things. Because many times we put our faith and our trust in only who we can see. But Jesus had gone back to heaven, but he's working in and through his church and through his disciples. He still has all the power that he ever had, and it's still being exercised even to this day. We haven't seen anything yet as to what God is going to do. But let's pay attention to the text here today. Peter and John, these were two of the disciples of Jesus, and they, they were the two prominent ones, as we find in this particular passage of Scripture. They went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer. Now, the Bible says being the ninth hour. That's not talking about 9 a.m. or 9 p.m. That's talking about 3 p.m. In the, in the afternoon. You see, their day started at 6 a.m. in the morning, our time. And the third hour would be 9 o'clock. The sixth hour would be 12 o'clock. The ninth hour is 3 o'clock. The Jews had three different times that they went to prayer each day. And that was what I just mentioned to you, 9, 12, and, and 3 in the afternoon. And they were going up to the temple to pray. Now, it's always a good thing to do to go to the house of God to pray. You can pray other places. You can pray anywhere you're at, really. But yet, it's important for us many times to go to the house of God. I remember uh, as a young Christian that uh, Lewis Hill and myself, we had an appointment with each other each Sunday morning at 7 o'clock to go to Glenlock Baptist Church and to kneel there at the altar and pray. And it was during those prayer times that God began to speak to my heart and deal with me about becoming a, a preacher of the gospel. It was there on that altar that I made that commitment to God that I would preach His Word. And uh, no doubt that as Peter and John went to pray, it was an important time for them. But it was also something that they did regularly. So they, they perhaps had looked at something many times, had passed by a man many times, and they'd never really paid much attention to him. But notice what happens here in verse 2. A certain man, notice his condition. He was lame from his mother's womb. This man, and the Bible tells us on over a little father that he was over 40 years old. For over 40 years, this man had never been able to walk. He was lame, even from his mother's womb. It means he was born that way. Probably a birth defect. Something that he could not walk. But notice, he was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. Now, there's 12 gates to the city of Jerusalem. There are none of them that we know of that, that uh, was really named the beautiful gate, but there's one that stands out. 
in, in uh, history and in Scripture. And that's the eastern gate, the one looking toward uh, the Mount of Olives, the one looking toward Gethsemane and those places. And it was at that gate that most of the people coming from the Jericho area and, and in that way would come into the, the temple area. It was at that gate also that this gate was made out of Corinthian bronze. And it was many times called the beautiful gate because it was different from all the other gates where people would enter. Man, this was the most popular gate, no doubt, of people coming from that direction and coming into the temple area. Well, he's laid at that gate. And there's, he's there for a reason. It says... He was at, laid at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. He was a beggar. He was there. He was a beggar. He was there every day, no doubt. People got used to seeing him as they would walk by, and many of them perhaps would look down upon him. Many of them would turn their head rather than to look at him because it was a common sight. He was not the only one there. Over in John chapter 9, we find the, the man that was blind. He was out there in this place. He too was a beggar. Jesus healed him. This man, he sees Peter and John. He saw them many times, no doubt, as they came by there. He sees them about to go into the temple. And he asked for an offering from them. Perhaps he held up his little tin cup and said, money, money, well, have you got any money? I don't know what he said to them, but he was asking for an offering. And something was different this day. As I said, they had passed by that man, no doubt, many times. But look at verse 4. And the Bible says, and Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. Evidently, this man, he had sat there all of his life. He had saw who they were, that they were coming in. But evidently, he wasn't really looking up at them. I can imagine that he sat there in his shame and he, he sat there knowing that many people despise seeing him out there. And he had his head down, looking at the ground, holding out his little cup. But he hears something. Peter said, look on us. Sir, lift up your head. Look at us. And the verse 5 says, he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. He listened to them. He looked at them. He expected them to throw some coins in his cup. But notice what Peter says. Peter said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Notice this power that was needed to help that man is not found in silver and gold. Many times today, even the church is guilty of trying to throw money at situations. 
We see someone who is in need and we think their, their biggest need is to have their finances fixed. And that may be one of their needs. But there may be other needs that, that can't be met by dollars and cents. When I read this, I, I thought of something that I read some time ago. A pastor who, his church was in a city where a large seminary was. And he said that during the time when the, the classes were in session, that attendance at his church would increase by about half. But he said the, the offerings went up very little because those seminary students didn't have a lot of money. But he recalled a, an offering that was received one Sunday morning. And one of the students placed a McDonald's sausage biscuit in the offering plate with a note on it that said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give unto you. That pastor told that, and I, I thought it fits so well with this. Peter said to this man, silver and gold, I, I don't have. We're broke. But we do have something to give you. And such as I have, I give it to you. And then he says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now, when you use that term, in the name of, it means you're speaking through the authority of the person that you're speaking about. They said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. This is that same Jesus who had been crucified there in Jerusalem just recently. It's that same Jesus who was buried there in Jerusalem just recently. It's that same Jesus who risen from the dead there in Jerusalem, that same city. That same Jesus that he ascended into heaven from just outside of Jerusalem. In his name, in his authority, Peter speaks in his name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now think about that. Here's a man who's never taken a step in his life. Forty years old, never walked. And suddenly somebody says to him, get up and start walking. The audacity of a person that would do that. But they didn't just say, get up and start walking. They said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. It's an act of faith. It's an act of belief. Peter reaches out in verse 7. He took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And notice what happens. Immediately, his feet and ankle bones received strength. Evidently, he felt a rush of energy go down through his legs and into his feet. Immediately his feet and ankle bones receive strength. They've never been stood on before. 
but all at once they're strong. And notice what he does. He leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Think about that. Here's this man who's laid there all of his life, never taken a step, and suddenly they say, get up. And he gets up. He begins to feel his feet and his legs getting strength. He thinks, I'll try them out. And he begins to jump. And he begins to think about that. And he begins to praise the Lord for what God was doing in his life that day. God had touched him. It wasn't Peter and John, but it was the Lord Jesus Christ that had do, did that. He begins to praise the Lord. Now I want you to notice what happens to the people that are there. All the people saw him walking and praising God. Remember, this is an important time this is at the Feast of Pentecost. Jerusalem is filled with people. And they begin to see this man. All the people saw him walking and praising God. They were seeing a miracle right before their eyes. They were seeing the power of God do something in a man's life. A man that was broken. A man that was in dire straits. But yet, God had reached down. God had touched him. God had done a work in his life. They knew that it was he which sat for alms. They'd walked by him that very day. Some of them may have contributed some money in his cup. Others may have turned their head instead of looking at him. But they all saw him. They all knew who he was. It was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And notice what happened. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which happened unto him. The news spread everywhere. People were astonished at what had happened. I remember a night at Glenlock Baptist Church many years ago, we were in a revival meeting. I was leading the choir that night and I saw a man enter the doors of our building and walk down and sit down on the second seat from the front. I knew that man as an alcoholic, as the town drunk. Other people knew that too. His life had been shattered by the alcohol. His family had split up because of the alcohol. His wife was seated back toward the back of the building and I'm sure she was as surprised to see him come in as anyone. She came down and said something to him. 
And I've never forgotten the scene that took place. He said, get away from me, woman. Get away from me. And he got up and headed for the door. He got within about three feet of the door. And he turned and ran back down the aisle and slid into the altar on his knees. I don't know who led the choir from then on. I headed down to pray with that man. Just about everybody in the building filled that altar. And we prayed for him. And he was gloriously saved that night. The next day, all over Sweetwater, wherever you'd go, they were talking about the town drunk who had gotten saved. He became a model citizen because God had changed his life. I heard him give his testimony one Sunday in Sunday school. He said, I went back to pay my liquor bill at the beer joint. He said, the bartender asked him, said, how did you quit drinking? He said, well, he said, first I got saved. And he said, then I went home and I poured out the alcohol that I had. And he said, every morning when I wake up, instead of reaching for my bottle, I reach for my Bible and I read the Word of God. And that man, it was a wonderful thing what God did in his life. And here was another man, you see, this lame man. People were marveled at what took place. But you see, that's just an act of God. It's nothing hard for God. God is in the healing business. God is in the business of saving souls. God is in the business of taking broken lives and making them useful once again. They knew that it was He which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which happened unto Him. Now notice verse 11. And this is very important. As the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, he had them by the hands, I guess. It says he held them. Maybe he was hugging them, I don't know. But he was holding on to them. While he held them to gather in the porch, which is called Solomon's greatly wondering, people began to run. People began to come. People began to look at them. And that set the stage for the rest of this chapter, which is a sermon that Peter preached there that day. God was setting the stage for the message that he was about to send. But maybe you're here today and your life is broken. may have been broken all your life. Maybe you've never known Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but you'd like to know Him. Well, friend, I want you to know something. God's in this place today. He's touching your heart. 
It's him that's doing that. It wasn't Peter and John that healed this man. It was the Lord Jesus Christ that did it. It's not the church that brings salvation to souls. It's the Lord Jesus Christ that does it. We're just his messengers. We're just his hands and feet. But if you know Jesus is your Lord and Savior today, rejoice in that. But if you don't know him, friend, we want to give you this invitation today to come today and trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You say, well, I don't know how. Will you come and I'll take the Bible and show you what the Bible says about how to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe others of you here today that you've got problems in your life even though you're a Christian. You've been saved a long time but you need to come and pray today and you need to get the Lord in the situation. You need to allow Jesus to, to turn your situation around for you. You're welcome to come. You're welcome to pray. We would enjoy joining in with you and helping you pray. You know your circumstances and I don't. We're, we're going to stop right now and just issue the invitation. As Brother Ron comes with that hymn, so we bow our heads in a moment of prayer. Father, we believe in our hearts right now that you're dealing with someone. That there's someone under the sound of our voice this morning that needs to come, needs to surrender their life to you. Father, we pray that whoever they are, wherever they are, Lord, that you will just move in their hearts. Give them the courage and the strength to just step out and come to you. As that man was told to rise up and walk, he would have never been healed had he not risen up that day and done what he was told to do. Now have your way in your each heart and in each life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.